0: First of all, I would say ditch the Zoom gloom and get with a platform that was designed specifically for what we do. Zoom is intended to be a, a conferencing software. It's for conferencing and we're not conferencing, we're building musicians.
1: Hi, I'm Ben Kapilow, and welcome to All Keyed Up. Thanks so much for listening. Today, I spoke with Takenya Battle. Tekenya Battle is a master musician, teacher, and entrepreneur who helps children and adults alike arrange, articulate, and amplify their inner musician with online voice and piano lessons. The founder of Kenya's Keys Voice and Piano Studio, Kenya specializes in the key of easy. She teaches music educators how to keep time with today's technologies while still leveraging their traditional musical knowledge. Still, Kenya's Keys does more than just that. Using her proprietary TLC formula in her online music lessons, Kenya helps bring a semblance of peace, pandemic or not, into the lives of everyone who steps through her virtual doors. With over 20 years of experience aiding over 11,000 students, Kenya is a renowned expert in unleashing the inner musical superstar in both adults and kids. Her other accomplishments include running her business while serving as a U.S. soldier, becoming only the second woman in her family to graduate college, and writing and self-publishing two best-selling books. When she's not amplifying the voices of the next generation or decolonizing music instruction, you can find Kenya penning songs for the everyday entrepreneur who wants to use melodic prose to convey who they are and what they stand for. Our conversation basically fell into two parts. In the first part of the interview, we talked about to Kenya's amazing life story and how she found herself in need of the most efficient studio management possible. And in the second part of the interview, we talked shop and went through some different digital tools piano teachers can use to keep their studios running smoothly. Hope you enjoy. To Kenya, thanks so much for joining us today.
0: It's a pleasure, Ben. Thanks for having me.
1: So today we're going to talk about using technology and how that can make studio management more efficient. So different podcast hosts have their different ways of interviewing. In general, just for this podcast, for whatever reason, I don't normally ask guests about their life stories, but in your case, uh, the route that you took to get you to where you are today is quite amazing. Um, so could you discuss kind of the variety of lifestyle and career situations you uh, found yourself in and how that led you to where you are today and how that led you to realizing you needed to make your studio management more efficient?
0: Yeah, absolutely. How far back you want to go? I mean, are we, are we going back to the
1: womb? Are we uh, maybe to- maybe <laughs> not like... quite that far back.
0: <laughs> <laughs> For me, piano actually started as like, it was something my cousins and I could do together. We're all the same age. We were in the same grade. We wanted to do the same thing at the same time. And so piano was a component of our school day. So that was fourth, th- fourth, fifth, and sixth grade. By the time I made it to middle school, um, my father is a preacher, uh, typical PK things happening here. Mm-hmm. And uh I really got thrown into playing for church. The church musician had left for whatever reason, and they were like, hey, you took lessons. I was like, yeah, like fourth, fifth, and sixth grade. But, you know, black Baptists don't be playing that. So I was thrown into playing for churches when I was 15 years old. So that's where I learned my down and dirty, learned how to play it by ear, sink or swim, because grandma's going to be in the back judging you, talking about help of Jesus. <laughs> uh <laughs> By the time um, it was time for college, the only way I was going to college was if I had was awarded a scholarship. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I never applied to college, but I was awarded a full academic scholarship oh, to wow. attend. I know, right? I was awarded a full academic scholarship to attend Florida A&M University. It was a school I had never heard of. I'm a little girl right. in Texas. They have a
1: good music program. I've heard, I I know Florida Absolutely, A&M. right? What a coincidence.
0: But no. I didn't go as a music major. I went as a biology major. I'm a science geek. I'm a nerd
1: yeah
0: (laughs) i wanted to be a paleontologist at this point you know i wanted to be like a lab tech or something to that effect so i majored in biology freshman year and i flunked chemistry with a big fat d (laughs) it was i blame it partially on like here's a texas girl in florida listening to a a professor with a haitian accent when everything up until this point i speak texanese fluently Mm -hmm. i don't uh, you know so the, the Haitian accent kind of threw me for a curve, or maybe it was the fact that I may or may not have attended class as often as I should. have. Florida, <laughs> let me tell you, it was Florida. So um, it was at that point where my scholarship was in jeopardy. It was either that D was gonna stand for girl denial or girl do better. So I decided to do better <laughs> and I ended up changing my major to music education. And that's that's where things kind of started rolling for me. That's when I got my classical training in um, voice and piano and singing in Italian and French and German and Negro spirituals every semester. That's when I finally made the dean's list and cum laude status upon graduation. And I became the second woman in my family to actually graduate college. So wow. we're talking about like um, changing things for my generation, changing things in my family. Yeah. And so, the you know, with a music education degree, the goal was to go back and teach in public schools. So I went back to Dallas, where I'm from, born and raised. Go Cowboys. So we we live like there are cows across the street from me. But Starbucks is like 10 minutes away. It's it's weird. You see all kinds of weird things on the road. Okay. What, so remind me where you're based again right now. I'm in Temple. Like Temple is between Waco and Austin. Okay. Got it. People drive through here, mm. not come to
1: here. Interesting. Okay, okay.
0: The only thing here is Fort
1: Hood. Oh, well. Okay. Yeah, yeah, let's say
0: Fort Hood or Bucky's for the locals. That's like right. this big old gas station that people freak out about. Yeah, so I only interviewed with one um, principal and was hired on the spot. And that began a 14 year career as a Dallas public school music teacher. So, 14 years is just me and 800 students. What? No, no sub, no help, no TA.
1: They were like, oh, you can do it. Wait, you ran the whole music program with 800 students without Yes, any other kindergarten teams?
0: through fifth grade.
1: Oh, my the God. The whole school
0: was mine. So that's where I learned uh, the pedagogy practices that work best for meeting all kinds of students where they are and making sure that they all have a vested interest in an outcome that they can see. Mm-hmm. That, that's really where I learned um, how to meet people where they are. Because kids are super perceptive they can sense fear, (laughs) they they can sense fear. But I ended up uh, joining the army reserves while I was a teacher. So I'm I'm a weekend warrior, as they say. And my job in the army was to basically order supplies to keep a medical hospital running. So um, for for you army vets out there, I was a 68 Juliet, medical supply logistics was my MOS. It's just a fancy way to say I ordered stuff to make sure people don't die.
1: (laughs) And that was done at the same time that you were teaching the 800 students by yourself.
0: At the same time. How did you
1: sleep? It was fun,
0: you know, being sent somewhere new. I really feel like sometimes being in the army was easier than teaching. (laughs) Sometimes. Sometimes being in the army was easier than teaching. So, you know, and the whole time I'm doing that, I'm still like a gigging musician. So I'm singing in local bands. I'm doing radio slots. I'm playing for different churches around town. It was just like the high life for me, like being able to use all my skills in various capacities. But I ended up resigning from teaching after 14 years. I was I was over it, frankly. I was over it. I was having my third kid. I'm like, it's time to go. I need something different. And I became a stay-at-home mom. And I quickly learned that that was not for me. <laughs> it's just It's just not for me. Uh, big, big ups to the people who can hang. It wasn't for me. I missed Mm -hmm. teaching too much. And so I started teaching out of my home by posting a few things on Thumbtack and partnering with uh, music and arts and and, and local uh, big, big box stores like that. So that's how I got my first students. And we ended up moving and I had to start all over again with uh, getting new students. So that's when I tried to plug myself into the community, joining the Chamber of Commerce, uh, going to different events, providing free things with the homeschool families like i knew I, you know word on the street was like all the homeschoolers meet up at the skating rink on such and such day and so i i did this whole hey guys this is how i'm going to teach you music presentation right. at the skating rink and i still get leads from that that was like five six years ago people still remember that
1: I and like I was that's able like to throw the my holy day. grail to teach homeschool students because they can do hours in general that other students can't do. So you can really build your and schedule they, that way.
0: We also seem to have a lot of kids that. <laughs>
1: oh, interesting. That's going to be a subject of another podcast. <laughs>
0: <laughs> There's lots of children for me to pull.
1: Uh-huh.
0: But yeah, um, that's kind of where I started. So right. um, I've been doing my own thing running my own business for the last my child my last child is seven so almost seven years Mm -hmm. and uh it's been a roller coaster ride of experiences there have been highs and lows Mm -hmm. but uh i I like to call it failing forward you know you you make a mistake you make a misstep you learn what not to do and you learn what to do so that you can move a little bit further along in, in your goals so when I first moved here, my goal was to like, oh, if I can just get three students, if I can just get three and from three to five, five to seven, you know, uh, just okay. baby steps, baby mm-hmm. steps to progress. So every time that I may have missed somebody's phone call or if I just didn't return a phone call with the lead quickly enough or if if I didn't have a way to accept payments in a way that worked for me, I've learned um, what I like and what I don't like.
1: Yeah. So what you touched on there at the end about how you had so many things going on, so much to do with three kids and 800 students, the army and all this other stuff that came up, it was really necessary to be in a situation where you ran your studio as efficiently as possible. It didn't waste time. And so all these sort of tricks that you learned maybe through the whole school of hard knocks is kind of what I want to talk about today, Um, specifically with regard to technology or, as you say, smart tools. So I want to kind of just simulate a few different problems that I think a lot of piano teachers and I'm sure a lot of our listeners might experience and see what you might advise in each of these cases so that they could get to a point where their processes are more streamlined like how yours are right now. So first, there's a lot of teachers who do all of their online lessons on Zoom and I think are growing a little resentful of the fact that the Audio quality is sometimes poor. It's hard to hear the piano. You have to like bend in and make sure you can really hear. And there's the lag, so you can't really like play with them or clap rhythms with them or anything. So what benefits might teachers find from alternative platforms besides Zoom?
0: First of all, I would say ditch the Zoom gloom and get with a platform that was designed specifically for what we do. Mm -hmm. Zoom is intended to be a, a conferencing software. Mm-hmm. it's for conferencing and we're not conferencing we're building musicians so i recommend that you look at a couple of different platforms and two of my favorites are musi.live m-u-z-i-e dot mm-hmm. and musicco.io m-u-s-i-c-o dot and the reason why i recommend these two platforms is number one they are designed for you to teach music and what mm-hmm. are we doing we're teaching music we're growing musicians so um, these platforms allow you the ability to conduct your lesson within the platform. Both of these platforms allow you to record your lessons. Both of these platforms allow you to have um like a like a bank of what you just did with your students. so they can always access their bank of knowledge. That, those are the things that I love about both these platforms. Mm-hmm. So they are there are some differences, but you always I want to give you guys options so you can find what works best for you. But those are the two that I recommend.
1: Hmm. And you can still do all of the other stuff with Zoom, like share your screen or share audio and annotate Absolutely. sheet music. Okay.
0: Absolutely. And that's what we want to do. We want to be able to pull in our resources that we already have access to. Hmm. Is online different? Yes. Is online perfect? No, there is no perfect hmm. solution. Is in-person perfect? No, there's, there's going to be some pros and cons to both. But I really have a the urgent push to have people do things that work best for them and their situation. Mm-hmm. There's no one size fits all.
1: Great. Okay. That's very helpful. So, the second uh, type of sort of problem that I want to simulate and see what you'd recommend in this case is there's a lot of teachers, including me once upon a time, who have very messy drawers just full of sheet music everywhere that isn't well organized and they spend hours kind of combing through all the books to figure out what fits their students abilities and interests so teachers in this situation might benefit from digital libraries which is a topic you've discussed very heavily can you talk a bit about digital libraries
0: absolutely so digital libraries allow you to store your music in one place Or, you know, we're not trying to have a binder full of stuff and flip flopping through pages and sticky notes and tabs on things, then you still can't find what you're looking for. Mm -hmm. So digital libraries house the the pieces, the music that you're using most frequently. And uh, what I recommend is if you have an iPad, I recommend OnSong for that or Symphony Pro. These are two apps that I recommend that allow you to house a digital library. Also, you can create a digital library within those two platforms I mentioned before. So Musico.io allows you to upload. Musi.live allows you to upload your documents in one place. And that way, each student has their own personal digital library. It's magic. It's genius.
1: That also would be magic in situations where it's like, oh, I was at grandma's house last weekend and I left my book there. You can just get it right on the because that platform. happens. They yeah. go
0: to grandma's house because grandma still has a piano, mm-hmm. and then oh, I left my book at home, baby. Yeah. Go, go in your account, log in. You, you know your password, log mm-hmm. in, baby.
1: Or what I always find peculiar in my studio, where even if the lessons are at their house, they're like, I can't find the book.
0: Three weeks, so. I had a student couldn't find the book. It was on the <laughs> shelf. I'm like, y'all are at home.
1: So how do how do you categorize these digital libraries? Like if you're in a situation where a student is done with a book and you want to figure out what book or series to use with them next, are, are they just categorized in alphabetical order or do you categorize them by level? Or I assume maybe that's up to the teacher or how do you do it in your studio?
0: For me, I categorize it by um, levels of progression, okay. you know, so every, everything is um, ordered in my studio where uh, my students understand that learning is cyclical. It's an ongoing process. And once they process through each phase of learning, they know that they graduate to the next book in the series. Mm. And it doesn't matter what series you're using, you have to um, find again, what works best for you. So my my kids cycle through keys where um, the K is like the knowing stage where they're getting the foundational mm. material. The E is they're exploring. So. We're going to take what you just learned and add just a little bit more. We're going to test it out. Mm -hmm. The Y is you own it. So this is the part of the music where we're taking the training wheels off and letting them go whole hog. Mm. And the S is where they soar to success. So they're getting the materials that prepare them for the next lesson book in the series
1: interesting interesting okay yeah why I was thinking of that is because I have a lot of students who they're on their core method book series and that one has kind of a standard progression to it but then they'll say something like oh can we do a book of Beatles songs or can we do or they request supplemental books and that's when I sometimes find myself scrambling to make sure I find something that's at their level but I think having a digital thing that's all kind of organized neatly by level would solve some of those problems And we absolutely
0: deviate. You know, I feel like um, my lessons are student-led, but Mm teacher-driven. You know, I kind of let the students lead a little bit, but I'm going to drive them to, if they want to do the Beatles, we're going to do the Beatles. (laughs) So I always make sure I find it on their level. And there's ways to search and find material, um, like Mm sheetmusicdirect.com is one place where you can kind of find the leveling, the different, various levels of the music that work best for your student. Awesome. Or you can create it. You can create it. We're, I mean, we're com- we're composers. That's Symphony Pro, right. you can write directly onto the app mm-hmm. and it will create the sheet music for you. You can also
1: arrange it with the student in the lesson and then make it into an ear training lesson. I mean, there's all sorts Absolutely. of setting mm-hmm. options.
0: Can we remix Twinkle Twinkle Little Star? I'm just That's saying.
1: right. <laughs> Um, then next one is there's a lot of teachers who are always stressing about collecting payment and trying to remember who owes what and who already paid and who still owes. What are your favorite programs to help teachers with collecting payment?
0: Collecting payments. You can do, um, I can tell you some things to avoid. First of all, sure. what should we avoid? (laughs) Let me tell you what not to do. Don't use platforms that aren't designed for conducting business. You know, I mean, I, I don't. I don't know if i could name names or shouldn't yeah
1: i was going to ask i don't know if that's politically dicey but i am a bit curious which programs you're referencing that, yeah. that's okay we will get you into venmo oh. these,
0: these aren't designed cash app no don't <laughs> do that don't be doing that because the ter- if you look at the terms and conditions these these platforms weren't designed for the conducting of business we're musicians and we're business owners so let's conduct ourselves accordingly what I do recommend in place of Venmo cash app or Zelle are uh, programs like stripe stripe has uh, been around since forever PayPal has been around since forever you can set the payments in there to automate. If you don't, don't have uh, you have to have it at minimum stripe or PayPal to use some of these other platforms, so if you are a user of my music staff, if you are a user of Teacher Zone, if you are a user of um, let's see what's another one
1: Fonds yeah i was
0: like how can i feel i was like it was in my head, in my head. yeah if you're a user of funds at minimum you must have a stripe or a paypal account mm-hmm. so those are those are my top three funds mu- uh, funds my music staff stripe paypal Teacher Zone. i know a lot of people may or may not know about Teacher Zone, but it's a it's a tool out there as well they it's an all-inclusive platform you can set it and forget it automate, 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 streamline your offerings so that it's not like I'm charging $2 for this and $20 for that. And then I got a $15 offering and I also have a seven streamline your stuff. Simplify, man. Simplify. Mm
1: -hmm. So that's what you use in your so which one of those do you use in your studio?
0: I currently use my music staff. I've been taking a taking fonts for a spin and I'm enjoying (laughs) what I see. So um these are platforms that i personally either use or i've explored mm-hmm. deeply and can highly recommend
1: yeah i've also seen related to these sort of automating the process i believe you don't offer makeup lessons in your studios you really completely automate everything yeah
0: there are no makeups let me Ooh. tell you why look here shorty let me tell you, ben, <laughs> i got three kids and a husband that i actually like i want to kick it with these people sometimes okay So uh, I don't offer makeups. I've reserved that lesson time for you. And I've committed to being there for that time. If you're not present, go get your lesson in musical, baby. Go get your lesson in music.live. It's already there for you where? In your digital library.
1: Very good. I'm envious of your boldness, (laughs) Uh, but that's (laughs) obviously very efficient. So that's great that you do that. I'm still slowly but surely working towards that. Not quite at your level yet, but.
0: You start finding um, wh- what your limits are. You start yeah. finding what your boundaries are. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you start protecting those boundaries and putting limits on how people, um, I don't want to say uh, undervalue what we offer, I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there are exceptions. There's definitely exceptions. You know, the dog died or something. You know, there's exceptions. Mm-hmm but nine times out of 10, nobody's gonna get a makeup lesson from me. Even I, I had a kid in the hospital. There were no makeups
1: provided. Ooh, yeah, you're staying firm to your policy. Yeah. No makeups. I had i I don't know if you know the name Clinton Pratt. I did, uh, had him on the podcast Yeah, Clinton's
0: is my yeah. boo, yeah. Yeah, he,
1: <laughs> yeah, no he makeup, came yeah. on the podcast to talk about studio management and he said the same thing. He also offers no makeups with no exceptions. It doesn't matter if Everyone you know and loved all died on the same day. No makeups, Uh, but it's very bold. Uh, So for
0: the people who are hesitant to do that, who are fearful of of like, but what if, but I want want people to think about what's on the other side of that. Mm -hmm. What's on the other side of putting up that barrier and that boundary and that limit? Because there's freedom on the other side of that. I don't have to worry about it anymore. It's off my
1: Mm -hmm. plate. Right. Okay, switching gears for a second, uh, the last sort of situation I want to talk about for what you would recommend is. Teachers who don't have as many students as they would like. I know at one point you said you were only looking to have three students, but then you kept wanting to raise it more and more. Um, So there's a lot of teachers who would like to use social media and their websites to drive more students to their studios. And you explored this a bit on a TEA masterclass, which I understand was free. So that would be a great resource maybe for our listeners to check out. What platforms might you suggest teachers like this look into?
0: So first of all, you want to always point your traffic to a space that you control. And nine times out of 10, your website is something that you control. Mm -hmm. Facebook is not a platform that you own. That's zucking them over there doing their thing. Mm -hmm. So you always want to point your traffic to a space that you you can control. That will be your website. If you're unsure about how to get a website, start a website, um, I can recommend, uh, I have some recommendations on that. I need another cup of coffee to think through it though. You can go get a cup of coffee. But at minimum, what you want on your website, you want the information that people are looking for to be above the fold. And the fold is like, when you go to the website, everything that shows in the screen in that moment. If you have to scroll up or down or left or right, it is now beyond the fold. Oh,
1: that's an interesting suggestion. So you want to put
0: all your important information above the fold, things that they can click on that take them directly to what they're looking for. Mm -hmm. So if you know people are coming to you for voice lessons above the fold, oh, voice lessons, click here, or kids, Mm -hmm. ages four to whatever, whatever that important information is that that the action steps that you want your ideal client to take, put it in their Mm -hmm. face make it easy.
1: Interesting. But as far as specific sort of hosts, I don't know if you've ever, I use Squarespace. I don't know if you've yeah. ever used that.
0: Squarespace is super user-friendly. So if you're like, but I'm not tech savvy, Squarespace <laughs> is your friend.
1: Okay. Uh So to be sure I understand you correctly, if Let me know if this is a fair assessment of what you're saying. So if there was some teacher who has a few students, but would like to build more, you would advise they spend more energy on maximizing their website than their social media presence, even though it's not necessarily one or the other. I would say use the social media to point them to your website. So yeah, and when you're using
0: social media, you want to have clear, concise messaging that is uh, consistent. Clear, concise, and consistent messaging. You want to keep Mm -hmm. saying the same thing over and over and over and over and over again. Because people are going to be like, oh yeah, that's that girl that does that. Oh yeah, that's that dude that does that. That's exactly what I'm looking for. Because what I'm finding is as I'm posting on social media, the messaging that I'm using is that come here if you want to do fun things that you're actually interested in if Mm -hmm. you want to make progress. Now, I don't say it like that. You know, it may be just a visual of... (laughs) it may be a visual of us having a party <laughs> like if you see some of the screenshots on my on my instagram it's <laughs> these kids do some stuff that i just wasn't wholly prepared for but it's still <laughs> it's still all in the name of music they bring out their stuffed animals to play the songs that we're learning they're um singing the itsy bitsy spider like an r&b song mm-hmm. and they, it's, it's just a party oh and so
1: okay. i capture
0: those screenshots and post that on social media that's you good show- i have
1: my students play for their stuffed animals all the time I I think, a great teaching technique. Uh, I
0: love it. Okay, like, can and now can little squishy puss play the song um, up high? You know, I mean, like, just different things to do.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's fantastic. Um, Are there any other technical programs or resources that we didn't get to today, but that are some of your favorites that you think any teacher should look into?
0: Yeah, absolutely. You want an email, uh, you want something to email people with. Email is a, another mm. place where you can nurture your leads and guide mm-hmm. them to the promised land of coming to you for lessons. Mm-hmm. And so I have a welcome series of emails that goes out for my new students. I have um, the most common things that they ask. It goes out automatically. You drop them in your email system and it just pushes stuff out to them without you having to do anything. Oh,
1: interesting. So what, like, what is the name of the program you use to do that?
0: The program that i absolutely love and adore is called active campaign active okay. campaign so this is um it's a crm it's client relationship management software and what i can do there is a lot of times on, on my website on my website people have found something that they're interested in they click drop in their name in their email and active campaign automatically sends out the first email that that it's literally called email number one hmm. and it tells them what i do what i offer what it's priced at and their next step call me call me let's talk and so over the, the next like four five six seven days it, i'm just telling them the, about the different programs that we have here what i offer and how i benefit them Right. You know, the benefits of coming here.
1: Yeah, I have to say I've been on your mailing list for a while now, and you are so much better than I am about sending out emails. I mean, I think it's one almost every day and it's very professional looking. It makes it very clear what you offer. Um, So I do want to use that to pivot into kind of to end off the interview. If you could talk a little bit about what sorts of services you provide that piano teachers might be interested in and how our listeners can learn more about you and where they should go.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for allowing me to present this information. So I do provide group coaching services to my fellow peers, my colleagues who are looking to figure this thing out from the rooter to the tutor. If you want to go from the first phone call to a full studio, I got you, boo. If you want to figure out, like, what is the thing that I need to do what I want as it relates to technology? If you want to figure out how do I get my students to do group lessons, how do I do group lessons online? I got you, boo. I have re- resources for that. If you want to figure out how to systemize your communication with parents, I have something for that. So that's my key of easy course. And the key of easy, key of easy.com will be live a little bit later. I'm still doing all the back end stuff. Uh, you can find that information on keyofeasy.com until then you can always find me on kenyaskeys.com and i have tons of teacher resources there some e-books some webinars they're all there for you
1: yeah. And I like that you brought up online group lessons, because that's definitely something that a lot of our listeners um, are having questions about, myself included. And you also, I believe, have uploaded to YouTube some videos of yourself doing online group lessons. I watched some in preparation for this interview, and you definitely have it down <laughs> to a I mean, you teach a lot of group lessons, it seems like, online.
0: I love, love, love group lessons because music is meant, it's not meant to be done in isolation. It's something that's meant to be shared. So this gives my students an opportunity to see like, oh, wow, I didn't think of that. I love how they interpreted that piece of music. I always try to give them a chance to collaborate and create at the end of the lesson. So the way my lessons are set up, whether it's private or group, Everybody gets TLC. So we do theory at the top. In the middle, we do our lesson. And at the end, we collaborate and create. So that could be them coming up with uh, improv something on the spot. That can be them playing whatever it was they worked on for the lesson part. Mm -hmm. And that can be them writing a new song. It's just an opportunity for them to express themselves through music. But having that format, that set thing that they expect makes it way easier.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I have to vouch for it myself. After I watched that YouTube thing that was a bunch of your group lessons, I mean, it definitely gave me a lot of ideas for what to do with my studio. So I can vouch for it myself. And I think everything that you're offering sounds like a fantastic resource. I will definitely in the show notes, try to include everything that you mentioned today in terms of the apps you recommend, and also how all of our listeners can get in touch if they would like to arrange a consultation session. And I believe you offer the first one for free. Is that still, I know that was at least... That's I do.
0: The true. first phone yeah. call with me is F-R-E-E. Free is in everybody's budget. So get on the phone with me. You can schedule that. Um, just visit, Key- <laughs> visit com. Reach out to me. I'm on Facebook. You can find me.
1: Excellent. Well, really appreciate that offer. And thanks for all you do. And thanks for all coming on the podcast today. It's a pleasure,
0: Ben. Thanks for having me.
1: And thanks to all of you for tuning in to All Keyed Up. I'll see you next time.